And we're back. Welcome to Printer Games, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gamers. I'm your host, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery. Oh, Krista, this has definitely been a very hobby-heavy week for me. Have mm-hmm. you gotten your hobby on a lot this week? A lot, actually. Uh, three separate uh, resin print projects, actually maybe four. Ooh. And uh, then uh, also did a bunch of terrain prep work for the, I think it was the Absalon City uh, Dungeon Layers Lasers terrain stuff. I finally mm-hmm. busted that out and started getting it ready to uh, paint up. So yeah, it's That's been a lot. News. It's a lot. Yeah. And we also got to do some hobby together. We, we had did. A, uh, we had yes. a body, body double session. Yes. Uh, I worked on... I guess technically they're chaos minis. I am going to be using them for chaos, but also for dandy. So, now you were painting your very weird flamey things in. Yeah, uh, so tell us a little demons. bit about those. Tell us about uh, yeah, what, what you were doing. They, with the ones I went with are uh, Wild Mesh. Um, mm-hmm. Is the is the Patreon, and one of the reasons I really like them. A lot of times, like flame demons, you know, they're kind of just disposable offense, right? Like they mm-hmm. they're really squishy and like they they're kind of a throwaway. And off, I think that shows sometimes in the sculpts. I mean, no offense to anybody else who's made them, but they are, they oftentimes kind of look goofy and they're just kind of shooting like a big tongue of flame out and it's doing its thing. One of the things I liked about the uh, wild mesh ones though, is they actually sculpted that fire into the support of the mini. So a lot of them are actually like shooting the flame down and it lifts them up off the ground. So like, they have these very dynamic flight poses and there's these, they're basically a big kind of like beholdery eyeball, some wings sort of, well, they're not even really wings. They're more like uh, an array of arms that come down into their eh, vaguely change themed. We will say change themed because I don't want to say anything like, you know, uh, to Warhammer derived. <laughs> they're, I think they're... we are allowed to say that even when they aren't. It's one of the well, advantages let's just of say being a podcast. Their hands are very bird dragon like with feathers, so you can kind of go where that's probably sneeching for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the flames very dynamic, and then the mass on the back of these things they just have these big like masses of tentacles that are just like, kind of flailing all over the place. Yay, and then they're up on screen if you're if you're watching with us. But yeah, if you're not watching uh, and you're just listening, the the fire is like shooting down and kind of keeping them off the ground, or maybe they're like kind of up on the big writhing mass of tentacles. And uh, very clever, the physics of the minis are very cleverly done, so that just like a tiny contact point. Um, and I actually used uh, transparent bases on these guys, so they really look like they're flying, and I'm very happy with the look. Um, I was really struggling with trying to get the the colors down, and I ended up. Um, showing you some uh, turbo dork, um, mm. some metallic gradients. Uh, there's there's big bird heads coming probably someday, but these these guys, at least for their first appearance, if you actually look on their hands, Alex, Alex Trivers said, where's the big bird head? Uh, if you look on their hands, uh, they do in fact have big bird heads <laughs> on their hands. Um, but yeah, uh, there's actually some other big, big birdie things. Although I probably would go... I don't know if OPR or Z Kinos or I think Z Kino. Anyway, there's some really good big mm-hmm. change demons out there. But uh, these guys will also, I, I painted up with the metallics because I kind of wanted to reach back. If you're familiar with 3.5 D&D and their Sonics rules, they had astral constructs. Mm-hmm. And they were often described as looking metallic. 
And so I wanted kind of this shimmering metallic look because that's kind of what they're going right. to be standing in for for my D&D usage. Yeah, you were telling me you were having to put five or six coats of this paint on these Yeah, models? not uncommon apparently. I've, I did a lot of like watching tutorials and, and looking at it on like YouTube and various web pages. Um, the metallic stuff from Turbo Dork is great, but you have to put it on and put it on and put it on. The, um, but these aren't just metallics. These are special they, metallics. Yes, they are shifting metallics. So like uh, very comparable to the Vallejo color shift paints if you've seen them. Um, mm -hmm. color shift metallics i think the vallejo ones did go on in about two coats when i did them they were a little bit more uh aggressive i guess um they don't get quite as much per bottle um mm -hmm. and i know at least easily available you usually have to buy them in a set um so right, the right. color the turbo dark stuff is all available uh you know one at a time although apparently um sometimes when they upgrade their formula they lose a color so um that, that's interesting i would we talked about this and so i'm just going to make sure anybody's listening or watching if you use turbo dork and you want to do your whole army buy many bottles of it right away like buy them all together because that batch of paint will be identical because it, um, from what i saw online sometimes when they reformulate or um, upgrade stuff they lose the exact color mix so mm -hmm. buy it all at once so yeah. this is to be enemies in your players uh, to to go up against weird astral constructs. Yes, yes, they have uh, aggravated some some enemies who are using a massive psychic ritual to attack them with these these uh, psychic constructs, kind of like pyrokinetic manifestations, um, which super cool for D and D. But then they're going to also be joining my big chaos pile of um, which is is growing to be a pretty formidable point total i guess for like opr or other chaos friendly games and i was going to i was going to save this for uh next week um but you mentioned turbo dork with this um mm -hmm. and i will definitely have more to talk about this next week um but i also did an order from turbo dork oh. very recently yeah so uh listeners Frequent listeners would know that, you know, I like my wet palettes for when I'm doing my traditional painting and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also I want to say howdy real quick to Herberto, P&D Mike, Alex, uh, uh, Titan Troll, and Don Juan. Or Don Wanden. Don Wanden. Welcome to the chat. Welcome to the live chat. If you got any questions, get them in. We'll answer them during the show. So I like for most of my normal paints, I love using wet palette. Like honestly, I think that in every painter should use a wet palette. Absolutely. Um, but for you know my metallics and my um in, in, in my uh, speed paints and all of those, I still go the Duncan Rhodes route and I have a 50 cent white ceramic tile that I use as my dry palette. Um, yeah, but there's a problem with the the white ceramic tile method. Oh, what's that? If it's flat, and sometimes my paints, especially the speed paints, you can roll off it. The, <laughs> uh, accidentally mix with their neighbors, uh, and then yeah. suddenly I get a very neat new color. And sometimes that's fun because I also use like air metallic, so they're very thin metallics, and they also run freely. And mm -hmm. so like. Oh, look, when the speed paint hits the metallic, suddenly I have candy red, uh, which is useful if I want to paint, uh, you know, a nice little 
chaos monster and candy red, but not, not all that great. Not all that great. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I am enjoying, uh, so I, I, I looked online and I saw that turbo dork was offering a paint palette. Unlike any I've seen before. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Specifically, they're offering a silicone paint hmm. palette. Interesting. And one of the things I, I dislike about any sort of dry palette is cleaning it. Um, I know that famously Guy from Midwinter Minis hates cleaning his palette so much that he doesn't. He just primes it every time he wants to use it. And I was like, hmm, that might be smart. Hmm. I kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, so is saying you can get the texture ceramic tile. I hadn't thought about that, but that would be even harder to clean. This is still easier to clean than most dry palettes I've used. Um, so I'm going to try out this silicone palette from Turbo Dork because it should be super easy to clean because nothing sticks to silicone except other silicone. There's a reason we use it. At, I use a silicone mat underneath my resin printers, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope this works. There's a downside. There mm -hmm. is a downside. And I'm going to be testing this next week before I bring it back. Um, and that downside is it costs $40. Oh, that's a downside. Yeah. I could buy 80 of my ceramic yes, tiles yes. for that and just throw it on the ground when I'm done painting. Well, you know, when like, I'm, I'm done using painting metallics, boom, done with it. When I'm using metallics and speed paints, I, I, and many of my TikTok mini painting friends are, are now officially the paper, pa paper plate crew because we just oh, use no. coated paper plates. Coated. Okay. Coated. Like yeah. I, I cannot recommend paper plates. No, but a, because but a just fancy Dixie, a fancy Dixie, Coated paper plate works just fine for those things because you don't get that separation you would get yeah. on like a, a standard paper plate. Yeah. But yes, and Sea Catlet is in chat saying that that is insane for that chunk of uh chunk of plastic, and I am like I'm kind of agree because that's a bit much. Yeah, I, I think I'm only like um I had a very good payday recently, so I might be throwing money around a little bit. Um, but I um. I well, if you find yourself, I with also too think many it was a bit dollars silicon molds. You can always send one to me because yeah. you know. Yeah. I so, but then <laughs> after I ordered it, uh, my dad of all people was like, "Hey, don't the don't the they make those little uh, silicone fake bubble wrap pop things? Couldn't you just use one of those as a paint palette?" Oh, like and the like, now, the like, oh my that gosh. Are like Two ninety nine, and yes, <laughs> I get one for a buck fifty at the gas station. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm that's... going to rush out after this podcast and buy one of those. And test them side by side. Test it side by side to see I do which is better: forty dollar turbo dork or gas station <laughs> pop up palette. <laughs> you gotta love the chat though. Like so many makers are just like design it and print it and make a mold and just pour silicon and like of course because that's the community for sure absolutely uh, and dad's work or 3d workbench is actually i am thinking about doing exactly that after toying around with this if i like it because the um the ceo of reaper showed me i forget her name dang it but we were chatting and she showed me her uh palette that she uses which is a ceramic palette with very very tiny but deep wells 
in it mm-hmm. and dozens of them they're like all the small the size of like a pill like you know in fact she called it her pill mo or her pill palette and because of that we use very tiny quantities uh the normal whales don't work because they're designed for you know actual portraiture painters and so those big whales expose too much of the paint surface area for the little drops of paint we're using to paint miniatures but that that uh palette that she uses has lots and like dozens of little tiny whales like just good enough to put two or three drops of paint into it and then mix it with water and use it on your mini and i love that one that palette cost twenty dollars i bought it and lost it which is why i'm using this right now that's the worst and so i'm going to try this out and if i love it i'm totally going to resin print a mold of my custom version of it uh and then pour some silicone into it and and do do my own custom uh paint palettes uh and because you know i make my own paints to on my own 3d printed miniatures why shouldn't i make my own palette to do it with all that's left is me chasing horses down to get my own brushes have goats do you think goat hair would like if if I just shave my goats a little bit every so often, do you think I can get good <laughs> brushes out of that? I I, I will plead the fifth. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Funky goat uh, hair. Dear, would it smell? Would it hmm? smell? Would the goat hair smell? I don't know. I, I my guess goats you... don't smell. <laughs> I have offended your goats. Oh no. My goats are very good little goat boys. All right. I like my goats. They're very friendly. Are they and, toy uh, goats or are they like full-size goats? Uh, they're full-size goats. I, I have a, a fan member who raises kind of like mini toy goats that are like itty-bitty. Herberto bris- Bell says like those wolf bristle brushes. I haven't heard about wolf bristle brushes. That seems I mean, like a dangerous way to get a paintbrush. It sounds cool, but uh, yeah, a little spooky. All right. And Dad's workbench says I got a silicone mat for a buck fifty from Daiso. I don't know what a Daiso is. I don't I know what a Daiso is, but apparently Roberto also likes them, and now I, I want a Daiso because I just I, I don't know. Ever since I lost Aldi in in the Midwest from moving back out here, I uh, I, I covet strange chain stores. <laughs> See, Catless says they are less flexible than Sable. Yeah, so. When I'm not chasing down goats to get hair for my own custom brushes that I'm totally not doing, uh, I am going to... We I was also painting with you mm-hmm. during our little hobby hangout, in which I wasn't painting at all. You weren't. Uh, you were basing, weren't you? I was basing and assembling models uh, during the, the hangout stream. Um, and again, like uh, I'm basing my little rats. And I'm using the uh, the MDF one inch bases with like the pre cut hole for my magnets, which is all super fun because I got to send the spec sheet to uh, Laser Crafter, and they got exactly the bases I want. Uh, War Chest Creations, the one I went through, they're wonderful to deal with. I absolutely recommend them on Etsy. I should probably uh, hit them up because needs. the uh, the local I did find Gajo here locally does do pre cut wood rounds, which are super cheap too, but um, they don't have the magnet hole though. I did get a little bit of painting in. I uh, won't be able to see this super good because I don't have the good, awesome camera. But I painted up the very first of my little ratties. Such a respectable young man. He's so clean. 
I'm going with red. These are going to be my very rich red and gold army. That's, didn't you have a vampire army? Isn't that what a vampire army does? My vampire army is very red and black and also purple and ghosty and very not uh, majestic royal red. They are very, very dead, very covered in blood and dead. Well, you all that misty green glow too, yeah. Oh, interesting. We could see getting some paint case tips, essential oil cases for minis, and also tattooing ink cases. Wow. Yes, those are great for storing paints, and I might need to do that. Because hey, I got a I got a couple of hot tips, hobby tips for you right now, Kristen, that I can just throw into into one quick update. Oh, okay. I'll I'll hear it, especially if it's overflow, because my my beautiful wood case is now jam-packed after I got those last turbo turbo door. No, it's definitely not about overflow. You know those really cool hex... uh, Your FDM prints on your walls? Yeah. Yeah, those aren't FDM prints. The the hex ones are just literally the GW. It was $15 for them. Oh, and I painted that uh, I just bought them from GW to put my GW pots on the wall. Don't do that. Do Did not pots, do that. Did your pots leak? Did they fall? Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, so I imagine it works great for their layer paints and all that jazz. It does not work great for contrast because now I have two different contrast pots that are empty and have just a giant acrylic glob onto whatever was below it. And it's it's a not a great time. I'm gonna have to replace like four bottles of, of of contrast paint that I do not want to buy at eight dollars a bottle. No. And I'm going no. to be ripping that off the wall, which means I'll have some more wall space to put something else up there. Um and, and putting them in drawers or I don't know. Like I I'm I'm really like I was disappointed the last time I used contrast paints compared to the speed paints. And now I'm going to put them in a box. I'm going to just get rid of them. Hmm. I don't know. Like that that last new line of contrast, though, Like, which is funny because we've talked about it, that they're not really contrast paints. They're just really high density, mm-hmm. I don't know, ink or something or gloss because it's so, it's so even. Those so Doomfire Magenta is, yeah. I did see Catla just pointed out the Painter's Fortress on Kickstarter. I actually backed it. What is the, what, tell me about this Painter's Fortress. What is this? It is a Kickstarter where you get kind of a themed modular paint station. Um, I think it's oh. intended for um, FDM, but you can it's basically build it out. Printed. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and it looks, you know, you just found it. So you can make it look like a little like building or what have you. So this is just the the the, the gothic theme. I want to say it had some other options, but. Oh, this looks like this this is really cool yeah yeah a very cool little custom I, there's lots of 3d printable paint racks and stations out there like lots of free ones you can get on etsy and stuff so this one looks like it's very well designed very well thought out also they were very much thinking about f- how fast it can print because it prints as little flat pieces that can be assembled this yep. will not take you six weeks to print correct uh, like um, a certain game table we looked at earlier <laughs> But as Seacat, let's also throw it out. There are more themes at the bottom, I believe. Oh, and these side panels, these are perfect for something I wanted to do. Um, 
this one uh there's a there's a really cool side panel that's meant to be decorative for this that has like lots of pipe working and then some filigrees and some stuff like that i want to 3d print a um i want to 3d print a dry brush palette because um i've been i'm so oh there's there's totally fantasy of it too so that's also great uh norse norse theme a norse theme okay i like that because i when i'm dry brushing i'm a horrible heathen and i'm using a paper towel and if the uh, artist opus method is to be believed that saps all the good liquid out of your dry brush is which is why your dry brush is supposed to look chalky and so they use um, like a piece of non-absorbing textured mat um, to do that on instead. Just to like scrape the paint off or something? So you use up the paint, but you use up the paint evenly. So pigment and moisture are being removed. And even and because the thing you're using it on has a texture, you can watch until you get it to the, the consistency you're wanting for the dry brush. And so you know right away, okay, that's exactly where I want it. Now I can put it on the miniature. Right. Um, and I know that uh, some people make these themselves. Like they'll just throw a bunch of objects into a box and glue them down and then prime it. Um, but I was like, hey, 3D printer, I'll just take a cool textured thing. Well, these these are exactly the sorts of textures I want. So you want like smooth round things and hard things and textured things all mixed together so that you can just test it out on different textures hmm. to see how it will work. And then you just, when you're done with it, you actually go back to the guy midwinter minis thing and just prime it every so often. Um, and because it's 3D printed, if I ever do prime it so many times I've gummed up all the details, I can just... 3d print another one i know that some people have done these and put them up on thingiverse um so yeah. i was looking at printing one of those but this is exactly perfect for something like that well and you could always get it primed to a certain point and then just uh texture it up and use it for the wall of uh, ruin either slap it on some fps or do something else you could you could repurpose that as terrain yeah, yeah. if you want but this this um this uh, what's it called? It's from Wog Name, which mm -hmm. is a cool name, and it is called the Painter's Fortress. It is really cool. It, it's basically if you've ever seen those like MDF kits, like all the drawers and like the perfect little paint racks and stuff. It's it's exactly one of those that you see on a lot of YouTubers' paint desk, um, except for it's decorated all the crap and gothic uh, gothic sci-fi stuff it's very 40 so themed i i got a see like a plastic reinforced foam core version of this uh, was my okay. first one um but <laughs> because you can't customize the paint sizes uh it it uh, doesn't fit gw pots in them except for like one set of holes GW. yeah it, it's only 25 bucks so it's the the paints uh, that I have the hardest time finding fits for mm -hmm. are my pro acrylics because they're such a unique chunky bottle. Yeah, and, uh, although uh, they slightly fit more holes, I, I in I I thought, but I don't know, maybe. Yeah. And I did get the I do recommend uh, if you get the pro acrylic, uh, buy the alternate lid packs. They're they're cheap, and uh, more traditional droppers that clog a lot less easily. Uh, and also it lowers the total height of the thing. So it fits into it's a in certain painting case we love so much. Yeah. Yeah. I may have 
shot one of those bottles all over myself on a live stream once. Say what? How did you? I'm confused it, and well, impressed because it it was jammed and I couldn't get it to unjam and I so I started you know hitting it and oh. that squirted it all over a shirt, which was a brand new shirt. Also, it was it was a total almost as good as today was. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, my second painting tip related tip is something i saw john doing on the video that he didn't explain ninja which a ninja yeah ninja um, which is mm. so i use blue tack to glue to put my minis onto my little handles and i was a, of a super glue method of less is more so i mm. would just roll up a tiny little ball that would i knew would squish out into a good size underneath the base and I put that down there and what that meant was I would then spend forever taking a big wad of the blue stuff and patting the bottom to get all the blue stuff off the base after I was done but then I saw that Ninjon was using the more is more method and I wanted to try that out so gigantic blobs of blue tack covered the whole base um and the, the whole top of my little painting handles, these are my little homemade painting handles. And boy, does it work really well. They stick good. They're not coming off real easy. And when I peel one off, I've just it broke just... it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the base's fault. Uh, it comes off clean with no blue tack on the bases. Nice. And you get little... Yeah. Though, so because it's a particle board uh, base, some of the base was left behind on the blue tape. See, Catlett says they uh, prefer museum wax uh, I, for holding them on. I I have heard that, and then I bought two packs of museum wax, and then I lost them. I um, am being the classy person I am. I use dollar store two sided foam tape. The foam tape I find grabs my minis too hard and I can't get them off easily. And I break so many minis trying to get it off the double side stuff, that like the three ohm stuff. Too much trouble with that. Um, I uh, did priming rods with it. So I would put a whole bunch of minis on it and just kind of, they're kind of hanging over the edge because I just use like a maybe like half inch. Um, it's just foam core that I had left over from making terrain. And then prime them all on that, and then um, you know pop them off, and then put them you know on a little little teeny row of it. So that's the thing. I'm not using a full base of that double sided contact. I'm just using a stripe of it, which also gives you an edge to pop off. So Lord Novus is saying, "Well, I thought everybody put a huge thing of poster putty on the base. Um, hey, maybe I'm just the wrong person." And then Alex Shavler says, save that content for only paints, Kristen. Hey, if you'd sub to an only paints, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put some content out as long as I get some money yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm going to have to start doing painting streams because uh, you all keep asking me to do it. And so I guess I'm just going to have to start doing it. Uh, it's um, actually my best lives on TikTok. are <laughs> when I'm painting or doing <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe there's something nice. to it, Alex. Maybe I, I should be squirting paint all over myself on a more premium medium. <laughs> I mean, I did build this studio with like camera mounts for the painting, so I might as well use them. 
Oh yeah, uh, I'm just using like janky like uh, wobbly arms you would get at like a what you call inflatable it. tube man. It's f- like uh, they're just like bendy things. Like five and below sells them. They're super cheap. <laughs> All right. I did enough, eventually get a better one off of Amazon. It was like eight dollars. Okay. So it's time we probably transition to talking about some newsy news items that newsy have, news that have come up and that is that is relevant to three D printing gaming enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. The Actually, first of which is it's been three weeks, so, so naturally we have a new Elegoo printer to talk about. Of course, about. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so Hammer is the one who caught this in English because evidently, uh, there is a Chinese YouTube channel that has gotten their hands on a, a Mars four, uh, resin 3d printer. More importantly, it is a Mars four DLP resin Ah, 3d printer. Uh, so, Kristen, do you know the difference between a normal resin printer and a DLP resin printer? Uh, the DLP one's the projecty kind, right? Yes, yes, yes. So Which... instead of having a layer right below the resin that uh, masks off a gigantic blast of UV light, so you're shotgunning UV light and then using a monochrome screen to mask off part of that light right where it hits the resin in order to get your shape... You instead use a DLP projector of UV light so that it is shaped at the point of broadcast and then reflected up onto a clear, just a clear glass bed that has the resin on it. So the shape of it is the, so the light itself is shaped as it leaves the projector, not so much getting masked off at the point of resin contact. This means much sharper uh, lines much more accurate shaping of that light um, when it where it hits the contact for it. It also means things like they last forever. Yes, they, they last, last so much. And longer. you don't have to have the terrifying process of replacing that uh, LCD screen. Yes, yes. There's no uh, accidental scraping of the LCD screen because all you are ever scraping should you have a resin incident or need to clean the screen is just some Gorilla Glass. (laughs) That's all you have to clean. This this sounds like we're moving in the direction for Kristen. Yeah. uh, yeah, So it is Mars-sized with a slightly bigger print area than a traditional Mars 3, which is the current love of the small form factor resin 3D printer. So absolutely perfect size for beginners. And for most hobbyists, really, most people don't need the bigger printers. Um, So this is 74.7 millimeters by 132.8 millimeters print bed and a maximum print height of 150. It has the cool built-in air filter option so that you can, you know, uh, not have to get all those horrible resin fumes around you. And it is an activated charcoal filter, so it will, yes, safely filter the resin fumes. See, Catlett's um, saying Mars 3, it's not quite as big as? Question mark? It is... Uh, uh, huh. It says it is smaller than the Mars 3. Yeah, bigger than the Mars 2. Interesting. I thought it was slightly bigger than the Mars 3, but I am wrong. It is smaller than the Mars 3. 
but bigger than two. Mm -hmm. So it is a nice sized resin printer. Uh, DLP is the, is the draw here. Yeah. It is smaller than the Mars 3. Uh, yes, absolutely is smaller than the Mars 3. You know what question uh, I'm going to ask? Huh? Huh? What question is I'm going to ask? It's how much does it cost? Do we know yet? We don't know. We don't know yet because this was a horrible advanced leak, leak, leak. Um, Meaning it'll be on uh, surprise sale on Thursday. <laughs> Sorry, I just that's the other thing. It's like the the sudden announcements. And, and okay, so here's the big. It most of that smallness. So it's ten by fourteen smaller on the X and Y, which is negligible. So bigger than the two, smaller than the three. Um, but it loses out 25 millimeters of height printable. Mm. I don't pr usually print very tall things on my printers. I usually just like load up as many minis as possible. But if you are printing tall things, this then do pay attention to that. So yeah, the big draw here is the DLP. Um, every other, in every other way, the Mars three is the better printer. Um, yeah. so longer lasting, more accurate light, um, that's the key there. Uh, it's not going to print faster. It's not going to print uh, bigger, but it will print much more reliably and crisper. But also the resolution is not quite as good either. So even hmm. though you're going to get more accurate lines, you're not going to get the sharpest detail. So it's this weird side grade to the Mars 3. It's... Yeah. Uh, in which, in and in many ways, a downgrade to the Mars Three, which makes it baffling why they are naming it the Mars Four. But again, it's Elegoo, and they name things weird. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Still interesting. I'm, I'm hoping somebody ends up uh, trying it out and lets us know how how right. it goes because I'm still probably holding out for a bigger build plate than that for DLP. But yeah, I would very much like to see. A uh, a nice big old Saturn size DLP mm. printer, for instance, me that would too. be great. Um, but at the same time, I'm loving me my original Saturn. Yeah. When it gives up the ghost, I'm going to probably go to a Saturn two, or if there's a Saturn three by then, I'll go Saturn to a Saturn 12. twelve. Yeah, a Saturn twelve. It will not make it to Saturn twelve. <laughs> it will not. Um, so there, there is that. Uh, we also uh, and. That's the only 3D printer news I've got to share. Do you have any other news, 3D printer news, before I get into the weird paint news? Uh, nope, not really 3D print. I have a, a game news, but that's coming after your paint news, I think. Okay. So following up, uh, you know, we like paints. I like paints. You like mm -hmm. paints. These minis don't paint themselves yet. They do we're, we're still waiting for affordable full color 3d printing so until that time we have to hand paint these ourselves and also i have a lot of fun painting minis um the speed paint 2.0 that has been largely lauded is finally available for pre-order we finally have pricing but it's right now the only one they've got available for pre-order we do know this is not the only set that will be available Yes. But the one that they have available for pre-order right now is the Speed Paint Mega Set 2.0, which is two hundred dollars. That's a hundred ninety-nine. <laughs> okay, I, I <laughs> yes, two hundred bucks. I'm giving it two hundred dollars, and it comes with forty-five new collars, four old collars, and a bottle of medium. 
Uh, all of the colors, including the four old colors, will have the new formula. And so what's new? so special about the new formula? Uh, it doesn't have the reactivation issue. That's the big key. They've solved the reactivation issue with the speed paints. I will believe it when I see it. But I have to believe it because they can't hype it this much. And also, like, I never... The reactivation thing never really bothered me. I just figured it as a feature of the paint well, that I like, had to um, be used to. I was about to say, with if you use the medium, it doesn't happen. And if you do do it with water, you can use it to blend, which I thought yeah, was really so cool. I was, so what they're saying with the new formula is that for a t uh, like a couple of hours, it will still easily blend and reactivate. But once it cures, it will no longer reactivate which is the other one would take days to cure before it became impossible to reactivate it. The other big thing besides the fact that it's going to have a whole lot more colors and a whole lot more bright colors. Uh, the, the old mega set uh, definitely lended into the muddy and dark, uh, which is really where these paints kind of shine. But the new set has lots and lots of colors that are very bright and vivid. Um, and the other big, uh, thing is they have metallics speed paintable metallic colors looks like and I want to see how very that... happy about that <laughs> yes I want to see how this looks because if I can just get the effect of a paint and wash in one good coat I'll be very happy because I have not been very happy with uh, non oil lately since it got reformulated ah. um, not because of how it performs color wise because I just used it to paint the, my new ratty. But what it did is when I put the new non oil over my, uh, my nice shiny metallic, it doled it down as if I varnished it, yeah. which is weird. Like you, yeah. the old non oil, the metallic still looked very, the sheen stayed because, you know, a lot, like when I'm just painting weapons, especially old weapons on like orcs and stuff, mm -hmm. bright silver, non oil, I'm done. And right. It looks like, and and that it's very shiny. And the new one, it just matted it down as if I sprayed satin varnish over top the whole model. On my last, like I did those um, chaos nights that were pride or whatever themed, and I I had to just spread it as fast and as thin as possible because otherwise, yeah, it was just swallowing. Because I actually had some color shift on those too, uh, and they were just turning gray, mm -hmm. just kind of gray, like dull. It was still metallic looking, but uh, it, yeah, I had to get it really thin to keep the color preserved at all, which was kind of weird. But uh, that does look like an awesome set. Also, they can't seem to agree what paintbrush you get. So they're saying that you were going to get a triangle handled special speed paintbrush with the set and also a palette. As we, we, maybe I've really made a mistake paying forty dollars for a hunk of silicone. Because you're going to have a pile of pallets soon. <laughs> totally, I'm just going to have a, a pallet of pallets, perhaps. Uh, you're going to get all the paints, and uh, so hey, yeah, two hundred bucks, which is exactly twice as much as the last one, but you're also getting exactly twice as many paints, and this yeah. is still a hundred dollars cheaper than getting the full contrast line initial release. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's not the only new paints. As I was say, you said they're doing a second round of something else. Yeah, so I'll be on to these paints. Uh, Duncan's Two Thin Coats is having a second wave of paints. At first, I thought this is coming so soon after the last 
Duncan Kickstarter for paints. Given how long to be... that took to fulfill, yeah, it's probably not as was... soon as you think. I thought this was going to be like Kingdom Death Monster. Oh, it's just they're going to do another print run, and that's yeah. it's like yay! But no, it's sixty new paints for Duncan's Tooth in Coats is is coming again. Another Kickstarter. Uh, Transatlantis Games is doing the 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 paints themselves. And again, they are marketing this entirely on Duncan's name. Uh, they barely mention the quality of the paints or, or their performance or features. Literally just, we making paints. Duncan. Duncan's put his name on it. <laughs> well, I will say this for them. They, the, the first ones were super, super opaque, really good coverage. Mm -hmm. um, like I mentioned, probably from shipping overseas or whatever happened, uh, they were super pressurized, so they like practically exploded out of the bottle when I opened them. So be ready for that if you get into that first run. And then, um, you know, uh, like I also mentioned, the, the pigments are so strong and so dense that dry brushing mm -hmm. didn't matter. I, I could <laughs> I could run it over the paper towel and absorb all that precious moisture. I still got a perfectly flat green orc when I <laughs> brushed that green on there. Awesome. Like it was really strong. So, so they, you, they deliver that for sure. So they're offering the first wave and the second wave as options here. So you could get the original wave, the new wave as part of this Kickstarter, or you can get $360 and get all the paints. And uh, you, they are also offering some very blatantly branded, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say very, very branded storage racks for these paints. For you to uh, put up in your game room if you wanted to. <laughs> um, from everything I've heard, from everybody who's touched it, you've taught using them. Um, obviously, Goobs and uh, and eBay Miniature Rescue had videos on them. They seem to be very good paints. They seem to be very well put together paints. I know that even Ninjon uh, did it like a, and they're being compared favorably to very Citadel like paints and yeah. they also seem to have very close color matching to very many specific citadel paints so if you like citadel paints but don't want to have them leak all over your hobby desk because they're terrible when stored sideways in the worst paint pots imaginable this seems like a great option also, also still very cheap compared to Citadel paints and formulated thinner. So you don't have to do like as much medium shenanigans. Mm -hmm. um, you can kind of just go with them. Yeah. I'm going to probably stick happy in the land of pro acryl and Vallejo for now. Personally. I, I do love pro acryl uh, mm -hmm. so much. I know uh, mm -hmm. I said uh, 3d dad was mentioning that he's been trying it too, really likes it. And I, I, I can't fault Procryl. Yeah, I do love the uh, the Procryl stuff. It, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, it paints up so good. Uh, so, But you know what? I love that we have so much great choice because but just a few scant years ago, you had the choice of Citadel, Army Painter, and Army Painter used to suck, Mm. And they're trying to reformulate now. The speed paints are great. The their air paints are great. Their original war paints. They're reformulating those. That's that's less big news than the the new the speed paints. Um, 
at least now they started putting mixing balls in all their paints. Thank God. Because no paints have needed them more. Vallejo, if you could get it. Like, Vallejo is super great, but in America, it's super hard to get. I don't know about in Europe. Um, yeah. In most game stores, you really only had Army Painter and Citadel, and that was all you get in the U.S. game stores. Th those are your choices. Um, and now it's, like, so many great choices available. There's, like... Pro Acryl, which is some of the best paints going. Oh, Reaper Paints. In America, Reaper Paints is always an option. But I always had a hard time finding a game store that had a good stock of them. And oftentimes, they would be very old and questionable. Or just a really big box. Yeah, P3 I did like... was decent, Herberto. P3, P3 yeah. was decent. Though they were still in pots. <laughs> that still was not great. Yeah. Um, and they also... Past tense is very much applied here. Um, I know that they still technically exist, but it is impossible to find them. Um, Reaper paints are very, very good paints that I think more people should give a shot to as well. Um, but I know with that in Europe, they're very hard to get. All right, so paints and stuff. But you said you had something you wanted to chat about this week. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it'll it'll get to the obvious reason at the end. But uh, you know, there are games we play with all these minis we print, right? Yeah, I know. I love games. I love playing games with my minis. <laughs> well, yet another Patreon tribe has announced a rule set. Um, this is clay cyanide. Uh, the mm -hmm. the game is called Wargrounds. Um. It is, uh, it's, it says the word armies, but looking at the actual rules, it is a skirmish plus game, in my opinion. Okay. Um, there are three modes for it. Uh, obviously, you could scale it up, though, because it's all just point-based. Um, uh, there's a 100-point, a 200-point, and a 300-point are their defaults for their like supported missions and stuff. Um, and that generally gets you like uh, four minis or like two minis and a hero. Um, interesting though, because uh, like OPR, there are generic rules for um, minis. Like you can just have a, a cleric or a caster or a heavy or whatever. And their rule book has just like, basically you can play with whatever. Um, uh, which I, I thought was very surprising because they've been hyping this game coming for years. <laughs> and um, they did their factions line, which were themed groups of, you know, kind of suspiciously about 12 minis, right? Like ish. Uh, and kind of fitting in that, um, you know, would be that 300 point uh, range for this. Um but they've always done their mythological sets, which you could still use for this game. And I think that's one of their points is you could use any minis for it. Uh, I did notice, though, that in the more recent factions, they've actually been going back and adding them to the factions. There are custom rules for their minis. So you're going to get abilities for their minis that don't exist in the generic list, which hmm. isn't too surprising. I think OPR does some similar stuff with some of their armies, if I recall correctly. Um, but it to me is very much in that skirmish niche, uh, but has miniature agnostic possibilities. And you're getting to the the, the sneaky uh, punch here to celebrate the launch of this. If you join their Patreon or tribe in February, you get ten of their previous faction releases. So that's 120 minis 
and the minis are freaking gorgeous. Yeah, uh, very pretty. Uh, they, include, they include the cute mice in there, oh, I think. I miss the mices. It's time to get the mices. But, uh, yeah, you, you got pandas, you got uh, owl people, you got nightmare people, you got uh, dwarves, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle knockoffs. Uh, anyway, these would be a great uh, base for an OPR army, too. But just just even popping in to look at the rules. The rules look look fun. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing the mice in that. Maybe I'm wrong about the mice. Mice might have been last month. Maybe I'm short mice. Or they no, the current mice. Okay, the current one is the mice. Yes, they are in there because that's the the actual one. It's not the ten bonus sets. You're getting eleven, I think. Anyway, oh it's crazy for ten bucks. Uh, you also get the rule set, which it's still beta. It's still you know I'm sure it's going to evolve. Um, it looks like it'd be fun. One of my favorite dumb things. Okay. I am all about like just the way uh, activation or or mechanics get um, hyped up and their activation mechanic is measured as hours. You get 24 hours to spend a day of battle basically. And you're activating your minis based off of how many hours it takes them to do a thing, which I thought was fun. Huh? Also your movement speed is your defense score for ranged attacks, which I thought was fascinating. I, I don't see that a lot. I know it's happened in a couple other games, but yeah, that's a BattleTech thing, which makes yeah. sense. So I'm, I'm glad to see something else. Uh, like in BattleTech, it kind of made sense because like giant robot move fast it makes a lot of sense. I've never seen it applied to like people scaled things. Yeah, but that's that's part of how the mechanics work for that. So I thought it was fun. I like the flavor of the the day, the battle day instead of turn. I mean, it's still a turn. It's you know, all, obviously we're pushing around the same general mechanics pool. But um, the only thing I think would be somewhat upsetting would be to play their customized armies. Like the they've an uh, army called AFAM or a, a faction called AFAM, which is like um, kind of Sylvaneth ish tree people. And it had a, an ability, its its hero can resurrect models if they die. And um, that one, I didn't see like too many other things that had something similar. Um, I mean, it kind of probably reminded me of like Necrons, right? Because they can do like reanimate or something sometimes. But uh, yeah, it, it was, it's an interesting, I think it's an early game, but for just the 10, the 10 different faction bonus things, it's crazy value. And yeah. if you sign up on their Patreon, actually, maybe the tries to, but definitely on their Patreon, I know you also get their mythological set for the month too. I think so. That is cool. That is cool. I, I think they're making the right choice by focusing on skirmish scale because, really, all the excitement I'm seeing in the war game space these days is at this medium and smaller scale gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you look at like the one, a couple of the darlings that are out right now are. Um, Conquest, which is an army scale game, but much smaller, like a, much smaller armies than we're used to in like the Warhammer or even, heaven forbid, the Warhammer Fantasy days, especially like eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy, which literally was let's see how many things you could spam on the table at once, or even one of my favorite games, Kings of War, which is still very much hundreds of models per side. 
fight each other. And I kind of like dozens of models per side fight, fight each other, sure. which is why I like one page rules because the default 2k, it does, it does come back to that old early Warhammer fantasy dozens of models and in, in, uh, ditto with the uh, grimdark future. It goes back to those older edition sized games. The and local conquest is doing it. And star Wars Legion is very much that whole medium and smaller size. And then, of course, there's the skirmish games themselves, like the 12 and under. Your kill teams, your firefights. Uh, it's just so much less intimidating and so much easier to recruit somebody that says, hey, paint 5 to 12 minis, or just that's that's your whole force ready to go. We're still going to have an amazing time of cool tactics. And also, at that scale... You like it's an individual doing cool things. It's like it's it's heroes doing heroic things on the battlefield it, in less a abstractions of like these two sides of the epic fantasy opening sequence clash against each other, and then right. hundreds of people died abstractly. We can't really see mm -hmm. it. It has some more of an emotional impact. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I, I was do about to say scale. What truly hooked me was. Um was a necromunda for that back in the day and yeah. um I, I really hope we start seeing some good advancement rules for some of these games because that was part of the fun you know so you guys mm -hmm. survived had a chance of getting that weird level up whatever it was and i yeah. i really liked it i mean there's a reason that stargrave and frostgrave are such beloved games because they they hearken back to that more time necromunda exactly you said campaign style gaming um, right i know like opr has that with the uh, the game fight rules that's meant to very much evoke that necromunda necromunda style of gaming and i know that's popular too so but they don't, don't have know, a fantasy version of that do they I not, not that yet. I'm aware of. No, yeah. not that I'm aware of. Uh, that would be does, cool. That would be very. Does cool. your Rangers of uh, Shadow Deep or whatever? Yes, because that? that's very much exactly the same kind of game with the exact right. same rule system as Frosthaven, honestly. Right, right. But it's cooperative instead of competitive. Mm -hmm. Though I say that, but both Frosthaven, uh, Frostgrave, no Frostgrave, or... and. Uh, Stargrave have released major expansions to make them cooperative games as an option. Uh, there's this like in Elder Scrolls, the miniature game is a cooperative game by default, mm -hmm. too. Like, there's this gigantic rush of want of co op gaming for this space, which makes perfect sense because in the board game space, that's been going on for a while, too. Uh, and I and honestly, it makes complete sense. We uh, want to be able to just hang out and, and do things cool together without being at each other's throats. Uh, Alex Schivler, OPGR RPG win. It's already in beta and you can download it on the Patreon. Uh, yeah, yes. it's, it's called Age of Fantasy Quest right now is, is on the Patreon right now. Uh, it's less RPG and more... It's, it definitely leans more into the adventure miniature gaming with RPG flavoring. Kind of that 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 Rangers of Shadow Deep um, dungeon uh, saga space that uh, that that's doing it, so that exists there. And I guess I have to give my weekly disclaimer: I work for One Page Rules. I have a bias. I, I have also worked for them, but I'm not currently engaged. <laughs> um, so I think this is great. I think it's cool. I want to check the game out. The skirmish scale is probably the very smart choice there. Um, it, it, and also, Clay Cyanide does not 
they don't want to do armies. They want to do the, like, just based on the stuff they've made in the past that I've loved, they want to do these epic, dynamic, humongo poses, mm-hmm. uh, over-the-top minis. And that, you know, that leads yourself to skirmish games because it's very hard to rank up models when they are literally jumping off the scenery. You sound like me. Alex just says, ooh, I have the subscription already. Yeah, like you have to go check. <laughs> Sure. I had to double uh, check here and I call I, I was I was had to double check here and be careful because I was scrolling through this clay cyanide page on their Patreon because I Googled it and it's like they have their discount code displayed here. Yeah, I saw that. And I just streamed it live. <laughs> and I'm not sub to them. This is a public post. Right. Well, yeah, so it's gotta be I don't know if it it's gotta be publicly accessible though. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not. I should not be able to access. That this. is not a casual discount code. That is one of the deepest discount codes they've ever posted. Yeah, they are running a seventy percent discount code right now uh, for all their models. So if you want to uh, get their army packs for the, you know, not the ten they gave, uh, you can also grab those at seventy off, which is insane. Yeah, which is craziness. <laughs> and Clayside and I'd make some amazing quality minis. I've I've loved their stuff. Like their Arthurian set is still one of my favorite sets that's been made. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Anything else? Oh, yeah. I do have yeah. a shout out. Shout to, out. Yes. Uh, For... To our, our beloved Titan Troll uh, here. They have a cool Kickstarter going on right now called DD Heroes Fighters. And yes. They're the really good sculpts. Uh, super impressed by this. So, uh, uh, Titan Troll miniatures, which we we shout out with the past they do this like very middle fantasy or even low fantasy aesthetic to their models there one thing i like to say with uh titan troll is they have the best faces in miniatures right now because i know that modeler loves to do busts and so the faces on their figures are always just like incredibly well detailed and usually unique and very well put together um and the theme with this is it is a whole bunch of popular fantasy species and a male and female fighter for each of them. No boob plate in sight. So if that's kind of aesthetic you want, like this, the human fighters just by default are probably two of my favorite of the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go all the way down to very much not three cream. Um, as one of the uh, the stretch goal options that they're about to meet. So they've got dwarf, dwarves with swords. You don't see dwarves with swords very much. Uh, half-orcs that have proper armor and not half-naked. Uh, and they seem to have mashed gnome and halfling together into to their option there. Uh, very cool kinku birdfolk models. The birdfolk minis are rad. Those are really good. Yeah. Really cool tieflings, very good goblins. Like it's a good set of minis. They're asking the early bird is twenty five uh, pounds to get into, or thirty one US dollars for the early bird. And if it you're hearing tonight. this, you've got you've got a couple of hours to grab it. Um, or otherwise, it jumps up five pounds to thirty, um, which is thirty seven USD. And you month of their Patreon, which is also very great. Uh, one of the things that they do. I know they they pride themselves on is they they sculpt unique characters every time they don't do the dozens of reposes options for their their models so even in their their weekly stuff 
it is 100% unique sculpts and not uh not just reap uh the which i understand why you do it it definitely builds out the models but um a lot of sculptors will do like a base model and then repost it a few times and do another base model to to get the numbers up there and it absolutely works but it is also very fun when every single one of the the town guards and the town guard set is unique yeah I was hoping he was still in here, but I don't see him in chat anymore. I was just going to say, I don't, I'm curious what month we get. Cause oftentimes I'll back a Kickstarter and realize, Oh, I'm already subbed. So I got a <laughs> free month. I already had. Yeah. Which, which doesn't work. Anyway, it's All like right. that one time I was subscribed to mammoth factory for three months, two times. <laughs> that means I you get was... twice the digital models. Print them twice. <laughs> <laughs> times yeah all right so i think we are running out of steam and running out of shout outs uh, anything left for you Kristen? Mm -mm, all think, right I so if you and... want to listen to more of our stuff all of our past episodes you can find them on printergames.com as well as all of your favorite podcast programs uh, if you're watching us on youtube please give us a like and a comment that helps boost the algorithm and let people know that we're worth watching if you can want to support the show one of the very best things you can do is leave us a review on itunes or spotify i think we're five stars if you think we're five stars please go ahead and give us a review that helps us more than anything uh to help spread the podcast around and get it recommended to more people um if you want to you can find us on all the socials the facebook the twitter etc at print your games and of course on youtube we are youtube.com slash param i am jefferson j thacker also known as param i'm chris sowards also known as seventh mastery and don't forget to use your screen protector unless you have a dlp <laughs> and Bye -bye. we'll see you all next time <laughs>